Greetings everybody. Today I'm going to speak on how to hear and obey God. We need to hear from God in order to obey Him. Mark 4 verse 24 says, And He said unto them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you hear it shall be measured to you, and unto you who hear shall more be given. This means that the more we give of ourselves to hear God, the more we will be able to hear Him. And we will He will give us His word and guide us. John ten verse three To him the porter opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. As we learn to hear God's voice, we will recognize his voice with more and more ease. When we recognize his voice, we will respond to him and follow him. If we truly hear from God, then we will also know that he will do it. It then becomes a lifestyle of hearing. But it's no use hearing God unless we are also prepared to obey Him. Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. This verse says that the Lord values us as we obey him, as his treasured possession. When we keep his uh, covenant and obey his voice, it is important to remember that hearing and obeying go hand in hand. Obedience to all of God's words for all of what the Bible says we should be doing is essential. Deuteronomy 4.30 says, When thou art in tribulation and all these things have come upon you in the later days, if you shall turn to the Lord your God and be obedient to his voice. We need to turn to the Lord with all our hearts and obey him in all he tells us. Then we will be protected, especially in these last days where danger can lurk at a moment's warning. I'd like to share what happened last time we went to India. It was during the first part of the conference. We were in a large tent speaking to a few thousand pastors and leaders. And I'd just finished speaking and sat down when I heard the Lord's still small voice say, Leave this tent now. I whispered to my friend Elizabeth, The Lord has just told us to leave this tent. Come with me now. I pulled her hand. We got up together and left the tent and walked into the house behind the tent. We had only been in the house a couple of minutes when one of the conference leaders walked in. 
So glad to see you here and not in the tent. Get up to your room now and lock yourselves in. Twenty gunmen have just arrived in the tent to arrest you. They heard that you had come over from England to share the gospel message. Well, this was because the new president in power had said only the week before on international TV that anyone who attacked any missionary or evangelist who dared to enter the country would not be held responsible or accountable for their actions. In other words, they had free reigns to take the law into their own hands. We ran up the stairs to our room on the third floor and locked ourselves in. Talk about bulletproof obedience, I whispered to Elizabeth. If you wait for the sound of the bullet, you're dead. But God has just saved us from that. He told us to leave the tent just in time. We need to thank and praise God now for delivering us from these gunmen. We both prayed. The next day, our guests, the uh, our hosts, told us to stay in the room again as the gunman had returned. It was just a little while later that we heard footsteps. And again I heard the Lord's still small voice say, Don't make a sound. I put my finger over my lips and my other hand in a stop sign and Elizabeth understood. We both kept motionless, hardly breathing, as a man banged loudly on the door, shouting at us to open it. But after a while, the men left. After this, we could not come out of our room and food was brought to us. That evening, the gunman left and we were called down to preach. But the next morning, our host again spoke through the keyhole. Don't come out the room. The gunmen have come early to catch you. So we waited there yet another day, and once the gunman had gone, our host came to the door and said, you can come and preach now, the gunman have gone. We left the room, went into the tent and preached the next message. The next day was Saturday, but only ten of the gunmen turned up, this time unarmed. They had been so impacted by the gospel message that they had heard through the other speakers while waiting for us to appear, that they wanted to know more about Jesus. And two of them got baptized that very morning and Elizabeth and I crept to the upstairs balcony and peeped over the banisters to watch them get baptized. Deuteronomy 34 says, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And this scripture had really become alive for us during that time in India. In fact, all fear had left us. We were so at peace in the Lord's presence and spent hours interceding for the conference. 1 Samuel 15.22 says, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings as sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. When one goes overseas doing God's work, 
burnt offerings or sacrifices are totally useless. It is only obedience that can protect you and get his work done. Nothing else will do. Only obedience will get us through. And almost everything we do for the Lord will entail a sacrifice or inconvenience or both. And the devil will give you many reasons why you should not obey God. And they will sound reasonable. Possibly this is the reason why many give up on obeying God at this stage. But I can promise you that if we press on to obey God through the sacrifice, through the inconvenience, there is always, a hundred percent every time, a blessing on the other side. Never once have I regretted obeying God. On the contrary, I've been so glad, so relieved, so thrilled that I obeyed God. And it's often when we obey God in inconvenience or sacrifice or even when it does not make sense that the miracles happen. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And Jesus was always 100% obedient to his Father. He did not even do one thing on his own strength. He only did what the Father showed him or told him. Now if you read the Gospel of John and highlight every time Jesus did only the Father's will, you will be amazed. I've written a book on it. Dare to only do the Father's will. And it is part of our Bible school. You can go there on our website, suzannesministries.co.uk. Go to Bible schools and press only do the Father's will. And you can download the whole teaching of 12 lessons free of charge. Or you can listen to it. Or you can watch it on YouTube. It will help you a lot on hearing and obeying God. Now, if Jesus only did the Father's will, how much should we only do the Father's will? Because it's as we obey God that God will do it and our victory comes through him. When the Lord taught me this very important lesson of only doing the Father's will, and I studied the 12 times in the book of John, how it affected every area of Jesus' life and ministry, the Lord taught me to put it into practice in my own life. And I obeyed him and it transformed my entire life and ministry. It was God who told me to preach 
his message on radio through a telephone from England. I would never have thought of such a thing. I did it like everybody else, getting on a plane and flying to the country and going from little village to village, speaking to maybe 150 people per village, having to struggle with the heat and getting diarrhea from the food, which my tummy isn't used to, and often coming home sick to England to land up in the foreign disease department for up to three weeks. That happened twice to me, once with malaria and once with typhoid. I said, Lord, why am I coming home sick? He says, because I'm trying to show you a better way. Rather than reaching 150 people at a time, you can reach up to 4 million at a time through radio. I want to use you to preach my message to Sierra Leone and Liberia and Nigeria through radio. And I have been doing it ever since. This is now my fifth year. And God has done so many glorious things over radio, even to the extent of when he told me to take command over Ebola. And Ebola was eradicated the moment of the prayer because God eradicated Ebola from Sierra Leone over radio. Radio is a wonderful, wonderful way of getting the message to millions of people. And this has caused revival to break out in many small towns and villages in Sierra Leone, where God taught, told me to take command over Ebola. When we obey him and speak the word he tells us, God does it. I can't do it. I have no power at all. But God has. But we still have to speak the word in the name of Jesus for it to be activated into reality. And we saw that word of taking authority over Ebola being activated into reality with immediate effect. This is a power of our living God because Jesus is alive. Now I'd like to go through a few little questions that people ask. The one is, how will we recognize God's voice and not hear our own voice or the enemy's voice? Now, that can be difficult, especially when we are wanting to go a particular way and we start to pray and we think we are hearing God's voice, but we're actually hearing our own voice and we can make a mistake and go the wrong way. Now, if you're not sure that you've heard God's voice over a particular issue or situation. Ask him to confirm it and God will. 
He's very happy to confirm it. He will confirm it possibly through the Bible, through scripture. With me, he will often give me the book and verse and I'll look it up and I'll be amazed as I read it to see he's just spoken the same thing through scripture as he told me. Well, then I've got no doubt. I know I have heard God. But sometimes he will speak another way, maybe through another person or through a sermon or through circumstances or through a book. Again, we need to test it and say, yes, now I know it is God who has spoken. Now, another thing we need to test, what we hear from God will always, 100% always, line up with Scripture. If it does not line up with what Scripture teaches us, then God has not spoken. We have heard the voice of the enemy, don't do it. Start again from scratch. Now sometimes this demands taking time off to hear God, maybe a day, maybe three days of prayer and fasting in order to hear God over a important situation. If God tells you to pray and fast, then pray and fast because he doesn't want to just speak to you once, he wants to teach you. One day when I was going down for breakfast, God said, put the breakfast back, you're going on a fast. I put the breakfast back in the cupboard. I went upstairs and I had the most glorious four-day prayer and fast time. And God taught me so very much. And out of this time, our ministry grew as I obeyed him and put into practice everything the Lord showed me and taught me over the four days. It was such a glorious time in God's presence that when the Lord told me to end the fast, I actually cried because I did not want to end the fast. I did not want to come out of God's glorious presence. And I said, Lord, do I have to end the fast? And the Lord comforted me and he says, yes, but know that I will be coming with you. I went outside to teach a lesson and the lady who had booked the lesson said, your face is shining. What has happened to you? And I told her that I had just prayed and fasted for the four days. She knelt down at the mountain block. She says, I want to know this Jesus as Lord and Savior. Show me how to become a Christian. And I led her through the sinner's prayer. Wow. And why is hearing God so important? Well, it could save your life like it did with me in India, where you do not wait for the sound of the bullet. You obey God and move before 
for the sound of the bullet. If you wait for the sound of the bullet, you are dead. You don't take a chance. If God tells you to get out of that prayer tent, you listen to God, you get out of that tent and your life will be saved. Just imagine how great God is that he cares for us so much that when he takes you to the foreign country, he actually comes with us and he warns us if something bad is going to happen. And he says, get out of here now. And as you obey him and get out, your life is saved. This not only happened in India, it happened in Pakistan. When he wakes me up at five in the morning, he says, you've preached the word in Lahore, now get out. And I go downstairs and I said, something strange has happened. I've just heard the Lord tell me to get out. He says, you are right, look at the news. They are burning down all the churches. The army is coming into Lahore. Get into your car and get out now otherwise you won't get out because they are stopping everybody from going in or out of the country by eight o'clock this morning so we had to leave immediately again the lord intervened and saved us and then he opened the way for us to preach in 30 villages and we spent the rest of our time going from village to village and hundreds came to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour. That is why hearing God is so important. It can save us out of difficult situations, but it can also lead us into things that are so important, like speaking to you this morning over radio. The radio is a wonderful, wonderful way of spreading the good news of Jesus. And I thank the radio station very much for allowing us year after year to speak over radio to all God's beloved people in Liberia and Sierra Leone. So what does obedience achieve? Obedience achieves far, far more than we could ever think or imagine. If I had not obeyed God to speak on radio, I'd still be traveling by car from village to village in Sierra Leone and Liberia, and I've been to neither country. I've been to Ghana, I've been to Nigeria, I've been to other countries in Africa, many, but I've never been to Liberia and I have never been to Sierra Leone. But God did not tell me to go there physically. He told me to reach through radio where I would be reaching maybe 4 million every Sunday to Liberia and then half an hour later to 4 million in Sierra Leone, etc. So what has that achieved? It has achieved far more than I could think or imagine because you are important to God. He wants to save you from sin, sickness and death. He wants to transfer you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven.
And if you have not received Jesus as Lord and Saviour yet, I'd like to lead you through a simple prayer. Pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. Thank you for dying for me on the cross to break the power of sin, sickness and death in my life. Please forgive me for everything I have ever done wrong in thought, in word, in things left undone. Indeed. Thank you for forgiving me. Teach me how to live for you, how to hear you and obey you, that my life might become successful. Please come into my life as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to speak to all of you, those who have just received Jesus and those who have been Christians for many years. Ask the Lord to open your spiritual ears to hear him now. Say, Lord Jesus, please open my spiritual ears to hear you. Thank you, Jesus. Now you need to practice hearing from God and he may well give you instructions and it, then it is important to obey what God says and if you make mistakes, as many do, because none of us is perfect, say, sorry, Lord, I failed to hear you properly or I failed to obey you properly. Help me to obey you fully. And then always check what the Lord is saying to you with the word of God. Make sure it agrees. If what God has said to you agrees with the Bible, what it says and teaches in the Bible, then that is confirmation that you have heard from God. Then do it and you will be amazed what God will do. God bless you greatly and I'll now hand back to our host.